You don't know this, but uh, we went back and forth on some email this weekend, and there was a little confusion that they thought I was supposed to preach on thy kingdom come. And I I told them, no, it's thy will be done. (laughs) And I was already in Honduras. And uh, to be honest with you, I was pretty engaged there. We were working about 10 to 15 hours a day. And uh, didn't leave a lot of time, Sue, to, to be rearranging things. But I really appreciate you guys here making a change so that we could be on in sync this morning. So thank you so much. Uh, this morning, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really thrilled about this topic. Uh, I, I took the time to, before I left, by the way, I took the time to, to really read, go back and read uh, Luther's, you know, the, the uh, formula of Concord or the book of Concord, where the, the original and the best uh, manuscripts that we have of Luther's small catechism. And I went back and read that, and I was reminded in that how passionate, how passionate our founder was about Christian education. How passionate he was that children were taught the one true faith, a gospel-centered message. He was passionate about it. And if you read in his preface to the small catechism, he's, he's actually throwing out insults. I mean, that's unbecoming of a pastor. I mean, he's literally throwing out insults to the local pastors, to the local magistrates, and to the governing, governing, the governing uh, officials. He's literally calling them to task. Now, we've got to remember Luther's context. Luther's context is the government was also involved in the spiritual welfare of the current of the church. And Luther is called to task. By the University of Wittenberg is called to task to put into a simple form the faith. And so Luther begins to collaborate with his, uh, his, uh, his folks and, that he had in, 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 his, in his opportunity to, to serve with at the university. And they, 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 they make a go of it, but eventually Luther takes it, the task on himself. Luther was a, what they would call, to, what we call today, a circuit visitor. So Luther would, was, was assigned congregations, and he would go out there and uh, he, would, he would visit these congregations, and then he would learn that these, the families knew nothing of the faith. And this disturbed our founder. Completely disturbed him and wrecked him. And so he went to Penn. And he began to form the small catechism. Brothers and sisters in Christ, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Luther felt it was the state, the church, and may I say, 
the family's responsibility. Moral obligation. To prepare our families and more importantly, brothers and sisters in Christ, to work together to prepare our children to walk in faith. And so Luther, what was, just, what was pretty much a custom, a custom was, was when, you, when you sat down to write a catechism like this, which was not, Luther was not the first word to use the word catechism. Actually, St. Paul was in Galatians chapter 6. This idea of catechesis, of teachings, foundational teachings. And Luther, like many reformers or many others who had, who had taken to task the, this, this, this idea to, to make it plain, what is the foundation of our faith? It was always the Ten Commandments. Remember the next, the next one? Anybody remember that one? Ten Commandments. The Lord's Prayer. Okay, actually, the Apostles' Creed. Then the Lord's Prayer. And in that order. Let me tell you why. Ten Commandments teaches us about the Word of God. The Apostles' Creed teaches us about faith in God. The Lord's Prayer is our offensive weapon against the devil, against the world, (laughs) and against this flesh. Luther, in, the Luther's, in Luther's catechism, there is no doubt we're at warfare, brothers and sisters in Christ. And Jesus gives us a prayer to go to task with. And in the first three petitions, the first three petitions, which for me are, man, I, I, when I heard I was praying on the Lord's Prayer, or I was preaching on the Lord's Prayer, and I knew, and I, they, someone told me I was going to preach on the last of the three first petitions, I was like, yes! Brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to go to task. We need to rediscover the church's moral responsibility to not only Believe the true word of God to preach, to teach, and to confess the true word of God. Number two, to come to faith in the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And number three, to go to task. Can you imagine every home a place of prayer. Can you imagine every home unified under the will of God? Because the first three petitions tell us, our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. And so let's, let us, let us uh, remind ourselves, let's, let us re- rediscover for ourselves the importance of this task of the church. First of all, let's re- be reminded that prayer is a command for the church. It is not an option. Our founder, Luther, used the second commandment. Do not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And what he included in that is what the church would do in his explanation. That we would hallow his name. That we, the church, would believe that Jesus, that God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Jesus, His name is holy. And that the church should know without a doubt that God's name is holy and be called to prayer. And that his church should call upon the Lord. I don't know about you, but in my life... (laughs) When I call upon the Lord, I'm somewhere between desperation and despair and desire. I love what our hymns taught us this morning. This, may we have a desire. You know, there's, there's, there's a part of us somewhere in here that God is working in us faith. And he's, and he's welling up in this, this desire to, to, to know God. While at the same time, there are circumstances in our lives that are, that are around us and working around us that, are, that cause us to go to despair. And somewhere between this heart for God to know him and somewhere from, in this moment of despair, <laughs> we find ourselves. I'm calling on Jesus. That's my only option. I'm going to call on Jesus. And this is prayer. As I told the kids, prayer is so simple. It's just calling on Jesus. You know, sometimes in, in my prayers, it's, it's, I mean, I don't have time for long prayers. <laughs> I have a long day. And sometimes my prayer is just this, Lord, be with me today. And if I want to be more specific, Jesus, be with me today. That's all I got. And throughout the day, I'm saying, Lord, be with me today. Be with me as I go into my meetings. Be with me as I go into my conversations. Be with me as I go and minister to my family. Be with me, Lord. It's just that simple. And then we believe that prayer That Jesus, not only did he say, call upon me, but he said this promise to you and to me, I will deliver you. So not only does God call us to prayer, but he makes a promise to you and to me. I will deliver you. 
Wow! Why wouldn't we pray? If we knew that it was okay. And in fact, it was commanded for us to pray to him, to believe his promise. And then third, petition. To ask him for what we want or need. (laughs) Somewhere, someone taught me, no, you can only ask God for what you need. Don't ask for what you want. Children, I'm giving you permission to ask from your parents not just what you need, but what you want. Because your parents are no different than my daddy in heaven. And I know, without a doubt, I can ask God not only for what I need in my daily bread, but for what I desire, what I want, my deepest desires. It's okay. And in fact, Luther, if you read in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, the preface to the small catechism, he tells us, he tells us, hey, you know what? There's a lot of people out there that say, no, nah, only ask for what you need and made work, prayer, excuse me, prayer, a work instead of a, mean, a way to have this access to God freely and being able to ask for what we want or need. Today, if we believe that Prayer is commanded. If we believe it comes with the promise, if we believe that we have the, the privilege and the right to, to ask for what we need. And so Jesus rightly teaches us how to pray. And first he says, pray, Father. Pray, Father. Hallowed be thy name. And that hallowed be thy name is simply this. May you teach me rightly. May I cling to your word. Thy kingdom come. Lord, teach me rightly of your redemptive plan in Jesus Christ. Thy kingdom come. Give me your Holy Spirit to not only know your word, believe your word, as summarized in the Ten Commandments, but to believe rightly that I have a Father who loves me, who sent his Son to die for me, who had a redemptive plan, and who has sent the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to guide me each and every day to this end. And as we see in our, this third petition, that the Holy Spirit wants to govern us to this end. Govern us meaning, meaning guide us to that end. Work all things to that end. 
as we together commit to making sure first and foremost that our children are taught the Word of God. That our children are not only taught the Word of God, but they're taught about the kingdom of God that reigns in Christ. And that our children are taught of the Holy Spirit and how He brings us to faith in this God. For this is the will of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Everything, brothers and sisters in Christ, is resting. Listen to me. Everything is resting on the first and second petitions. Luther said this. Listen to this. (laughs) He said this about the devil. He cannot bear to hear anyone teach and believe rightly. The devil can't bear it. He'll do everything to get in the midst of it. He'll get in the way of us committing ourselves to this one thing that our children hear the word of God rightly. And this will upset the devil. Luther was clear. We are fighting a spiritual battle, a war. And we pray, hallowed be your name. And not only that, (laughs) not only is is he asking us to, to pray this prayer, this simple prayer of hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, not only is that, but he's asking us to be reminded this morning that it's not only just the word of God, but it's the centrality of Christ that we should teach. Thy kingdom come and pray that the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters in Christ, we should be praying daily that the Holy Spirit would, would quicken, would awaken the hearts of his people dare I say, our children. For only God can quicken a heart to believe. Amen? Only God can do that. It says, Luther said this, (laughs) if only two simple Christians got together, for if there were Excuse me, for if their will were not broken and frustrated, the kingdom of God could not abide on earth and his name be hallowed. Let me say this again. He's saying this about, about Satan and his kingdom and his reign. He says, For if their will, Satan's will, were not broken and frustrated by his church, the kingdom of God would not abide on earth and his name not hallowed. <laughs> He's telling us we got to work. And our work is prayer. Our job is to frustrate the bejeebers out of the devil so that his name will be hallowed and his kingdom will come. This is rightly praying the third petition. 
And in our text today, in our text today, Jesus says, hey, listen, listen, listen. Truly, truly, I say to you, he says these very simple words, but they're profound. I am. I am the bread of life. Those words, I am, were reserved for the great I am. Exodus chapter 3, I believe, verse 14, where God says, I am who I am, Yahweh. Jesus is saying, I'm Yahweh. Truly, truly, I say to you, I'm Yahweh. I am the bread of life. And then he says this about the will of God. It's so succinct, it's so simple. But it eludes us all. (laughs) For this is the will of the Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Let me say it again. For this is the will of the Father, that everyone who looks on the Son, everyone who sees the Son as he is truly taught in the Word of God and believes, that means entrust my spiritual welfare unto God. Every day, your children, do you realize this? Your children entrust their welfare to us, to you. And it's not only what they eat and drink, but more importantly, (laughs) what they believe. These children of ours are entrusted to our care. And I think it's time for the church to wake up and say to ourselves, how are we doing with that? (laughs) Brothers and sisters in Christ, I I I was in Honduras. Kids aren't going to school. Kids aren't getting taught the word of God. Kids don't have air-conditioned churches to come to. Kids don't have amplification. (laughs) It's time for the church to wake up and to say and to pray, thy will be done, God. Help us to rightly teach the word of God. Help us to declare that thy kingdom come and help us to believe and profess And go to task with the devil. (laughs) Thy will be done. Amen. God loves you. I love you. Let's go to task together.